The Sugar Series, Sugar Rush, Chapter 10. Not quite 24 hours. A tear fell unheeded down Andy's face as Lord D was placed into the waiting gray limousine. It is never about desire, you know, she said to Count D, who looked worried over his unconscious father. My true form is a psychology student, and honestly, it's about power. The power one can have over another. That is why it was so easy for him to switch between the two of you. Revenge and power were his only motives. I hope he burns slowly and feels each lick of the camera's flames. Nestor gently patted his wife's hand, glad that her anger was no longer directed at him. I have gotten the bleeding stopped, Clarison said. She waved her hand over Lord D's face and kissed his brow. Count D gasped as his father blinked and opened his eyes. Do not fret so, child. I'll be fine in no time, Lord D assured his son, who burst into tears the moment his eyes met his father's. I'm afraid that is not quite the case, said Clarison with an apologetic wince. The weapons used against you were geared to hurt us, and all like us, Kami included. Your other wound shall heal by tomorrow at the latest. But the gunshot? Well, that could take some time. You'll be off your feet for at least a month. It's good that it's on its way out. It hit nothing vital. Clarison was quick to look away from the horror in Lord D's face. I know the pain is great. I can give you something to lessen it. No, it's not the pain, Lord D said with a brave grimace. I have responsibilities. My son will need checkups. He's expecting. I cannot be incapacitated. As long as I draw breath, I will hold my promise to see him through this. That was as much as J.J. could take. Angels? Sure. He believed in God, and so working with his minions of glory could be accepted. The Arcadian Royale? Okay, again with the minions of God. But a pregnant man? That was a bit far-fetched. And what the hell was up with them all fitting into the limousine with two full-size adults laid out on stretchers, one with an impressive wingspan? He looked over and noted Chihaya sitting with Kagetsuya's head in his lap. The once beautiful wings were bound and blood-stained, the mini bandages. Don't worry about it, Tosiphany said to Lord D. Your father has been summoned from Chicago. I am sure he is waiting at the shop with De Pyros as we speak. Lord D sighed and relaxed as the car pulled to a stop in front of the pet shop, and his father was indeed standing outside, pacing, unable to sit inside. Carious, Andy said. A heretofore unnoticed young woman with silver blonde hair nodded and exited the car with Camera. Nestra scooped Lord D into his arms and stepped out. Camera stood waiting, holding onto a silver wheelchair. Is it okay? Andy asked hesitantly as Lord D was set down. Lord D nodded slowly, a sudden feeling of exhaustion making him wish for bed. Andy looked up grateful at Nestor, knowing he was exerting his will over Lord D's worry for his son's care. He'll sleep for a few hours after we're done with him, Nestor thought to Clarison, who nodded with a smile. J.J. wondered why Chihaya and Kagetsuya remained in the car. He had no time to wonder, as a man who looked like an exact copy of Count and Lord D rushed towards them. Is he all right? Sofu said as he took in the condition of his son. He sighed as he discovered that it did not matter how old a person's child got. He felt he would always worry over their safety. 
He'll be fine, Sir D. My husband is merely being the lovable vampire he is and putting him to sleep. Andy was quick to say, Nestor knew she was trying to make amends for fighting today when he had expressly forbidden her to. He smiled. Perhaps he had been a bit hard on her. He'll be awake long enough for us to get him inside and comfortable. Lord D., who found it difficult to hold his head up, seriously doubted that. He sent a feeble glare to Nestor and tried to break the High Prince's hold on his mind. Resistance is futile, Nestor chuckled. A dark-haired youth ran towards the group. He was shoved to his backside and found himself staring down the barrel of several guns. Kamara stood in front of the wheelchair while Leon shoved D behind him and drew his gun. Ethan stared up in abject terror at the angry mob before him. Squirrel? Leon said and put his weapon away. Ethan expelled his relief and was thankful to have not wet his pants as the others relaxed and were soon putting their weapons away and headed into the pet shop. Shops closed. Come back another time, Leon said briskly and held tight to D before shutting the shop door securely behind them. Ethan stared at the door inside. He had hoped he had misunderstood the last time he had seen them together, but there was no mistake this time. The cop had held D as if he were the most precious thing to him. Ethan sighed, wandering down the street. He's being stubborn, Sophie said as he stared down at his son, who refused to give in to Nestor's gentle persuasions, hoping to lull him to sleep. D should drink plenty of milk and honey, warmed, not hot. He has technically only been expecting for about a day, so he is not yet susceptible to teratogens. Lord D paused to catch his breath. Dear Lord, he was tired. Damn, Nestor. Caution should still be taken. I examined him earlier and had not planned another one for three more weeks, but in light of this day's events, I would say another abdomen check is in order. Sheesh, man, go to sleep, Nestor said and placed his hand on Lord D's brow. Lord D shook his head and dislodged Nestor's hand. Nestor had no choice but to admire the determination writ clearly across Lord D's face. Promise me you will go to bed, child. You need rest, Lord D said to Count D, who nodded. I put him to bed as soon as you go to sleep, Leon assured Lord Dean, who sighed and gave in to Nestor. Clarison breathed a sigh of relief and began to bathe him with a sponge. Leon pulled Dee from the room as his father was again unclothed from his robe. Dee and Rio stood outside the door waiting for news. The princess says he'll be fine. She's bathing him now, Count Dee said and weaved on his feet. Andy looked over to Nestor, who shrugged his shoulders and looked perfectly innocent. Leon caught him and picked him up. Count D wrapped his arms around Leon's neck and allowed himself to be carried down the hall to their room. You guys can just stay in the regular spare room. The children have been with the Hanlan all this time, and they should be fine, Leon said and stepped aside as Sofu opened the door for him. Leon looked puzzled as Sofu followed them into the room. I promised. Sofu said. Leon nodded. He sat D on the bed. He placed a sugar cube in Count D's mouth and undressed him. Leon's brow twitched as he noted the handprints that covered D's pale skin. Handprints that were not his own. Count D blushed and wanted to pull his sheath closer to him. Leon looked away as Lord D took a cloth and bathed his grandson free of the grim that covered him. Leon stumped away from the bed and punched the wall. 
He could hear the rustle of fabrics and the sound of water splashing as the cloth was dipped and wrung several times. Leon wanted to go back and kill the bastard again. How dare he touch Count Leon simmered. He heard the noises behind him cease and turned to see Lee Count D lying nude in bed and the covers around him. Sofu moved the covers to D's waist and began to examine his abdomen. Count D took deep breaths as he was instructed. Leon went to the bed and took Count D's hand. When Sofu was done, he stood. Will you stay with him while I take a shower? Leon asked Sofu. Sofu D nodded and sat beside Count D who slept the sleep of the thoroughly exhausted. Leon emerged ten minutes later, drying his hair. He nodded to So Fu, who left the room. Leon climbed into bed and pulled Dee into his arms, vowing to never again let him go. J.J. wondered what he should do now. Should he leave? He had left his grandmother alone for longer than he usually did, but she had her puppy with her. Sometimes she did not even notice when he came home she was so busy playing with the little creature. She treated it like a small child and spoke to it as if it answered. J.J. paused. He did not feel right disturbing the others, and yet he could not just leave. Rio and Dee had gone to a room as if they had often stayed at the pet shop. So had the princess and prince that had remained. J.J. steeled his resolve and knocked on the door that Lord D. had been taken into. Clarison opened the door. I was just wondering, I mean, can I... J.J. stammered as he stared at the Asian beauty lying on the bed sleeping peacefully. Clarison smiled and stepped aside. She indicated a comfortable chair and nodded. J.J. sat beside the soundly sleeping Lord D. and said a prayer for his recovery. Hamanosuke scowled as his wounds were once again healed by his lover. They smiled. Well, this had gone interesting. He leaned down and licked Hamanosuke's ear before carting him off to bed. His newest plaything was proving to be quite interesting. They wondered just how much more fun he could have before it was all said and done. It was the only reason he had pulled the whiny Chinaman from the flames. To be continued. <laughs>